power move is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Yura Nation, the traditional custodians of this land, and we pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Hi, I'm Nine News reporter Alice Montfries and welcome to Power Move, a future women podcast in partnership with Vanguard, who are making low-cost investing easy and achievable for all Australians. In this series, you'll find out everything you need to know to take that first step in investing. Now, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't know a huge amount about investing. I've always found the idea kind of intimidating and something you need a lot of time, knowledge and money to pull off. And I guess movies like The Wolf of Wall Street, while I really enjoy them, kind of give off this idea that it's cutthroat and scary and, well, dominated by blokes. But it's definitely something I've always been really curious to learn a lot more about. And once I started looking into the statistics, which show how disadvantaged women really are when it comes to our overall earning capacity across our lifetime and the amount we'll retire with, I started to realise how important this area is, especially for women, while also realising how little I actually knew. So, as a journalist, I took the same approach I take to any new area or topic I'm investigating, and armed with a lot of questions, set about finding the answers to help break down the world of investing in a simple and easy-to-understand way. In this three-part series, I'll be chatting with some incredible and knowledgeable women who are going to break investing down for us. And by the end, not only will you have the tools and smarts to start investing yourself, you'll also be wondering why you found the whole thing so overwhelming to begin with. In this first episode, we're going to cover some investment basics, what the term investing actually means, why it's so important to invest, especially for women, and the four key principles to successful investing. I'm joined today by Vanguard's Shannon Nutter. Shannon has worked with Fortune 500 companies and is a senior executive with Vanguard, where her role is focused on launching Vanguard Super to help millions of hardworking Australians retire successfully. She's also the originator of their My Classroom Economy program in the US, which teaches kids basic financial responsibility. When she's not educating and empowering others to build their financial know-how, she's writing books for primary and high school kids, so she's perfectly placed to explain investing for us without all that jargon. Shannon, welcome to Power Move. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Now, let's start with a very basic question. Tell us, what exactly is investing? Investing is simply a way to make money. It's as easy as that. Now, we're all familiar with jobs and earning an income that way. But investing is simply taking some of that money you earn when you work and making that money work for you. And what you earn through your investments, we call a return. And the goal of investing is really to increase the value of that money or your investments over time. Now, over the course of the years that I've been working, I have heard women say so many things about investing. And I've talked to a lot of people. And what I typically hear is this, that investing feels super complicated, Mm -hmm. which I get there are a lot of unfamiliar terms that we use in this industry. I also hear that it's intimidating. And 
I also understand that because I think there's a lot of masculine energy oh, around the world of investing. Intimidating is a good word. That is a word I use. The third thing I hear probably most often is women say, I don't know enough or I'm not smart enough to do this. And as a result, many women avoid it altogether or they outsource it to someone else in their life. Mm. And honestly, I think all of that is a little bit ridiculous. We are certainly smart enough and we certainly do know enough to do this right. The fact is that we as women earn more than half of the degrees, whether they're undergraduate, graduate, or a doctorate degree. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, ladies, we cannot let investing scare us. I know that your listeners are professional, ambitious, accomplished women, mm-hmm. and they are more than capable of kicking ass at investing. That is for sure. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> and the reality is that Probably many of your listeners, if not all of them, are already investors. If they've got a super, they're an investor. They just might not think of themselves in that way. Yeah, that is a really good point. Exactly. You've got super, you're already investing money somewhere. You probably just don't think of it that way. And and maybe you haven't dived deep into it and you've just sort of let it happen. I mean, I think there's a good and a bad side about super being mandatory, The good side is you're saving money automatically. The bad side is it happens automatically and, you know, you work and assuming you earn enough for your employer to contribute super, right? They're doing that. And then your super is investing that money for you. Now, it could be in a default fund or in a default investment, or it could be in one you've chosen. And so at some point, right, that money, when you're older, you're going to take it and you're going to turn it into your own income. So I would say that for the women out there, if they've got super, start their investing journey there. Mm. Go take a closer look, log in to your account, call your provider, take a look at your balance, mm. see how you're invested, and then look at your fees. I mean, really just start to understand what you're doing already today. Okay, that makes sense. I like that. So, Shannon, why should investing matter to me? Well, how you spend your money and how you save your money matters. It matters to your life right now, how you live, how comfortably you live, but it certainly also matters to your future and how comfortably you're going to live in the future. There's this tendency that we as humans have. It's something called present bias. And I don't know if you follow any behavioral science. I'm a big behavioral science nerd, which is really about how we make decisions and how often we make irrational decisions. But present bias is one of these concepts. And it's simply that we like little rewards now versus being patient and having a bigger reward later on. Uh, Yeah. I think of it as I want to buy the new thing today and I promise I'll start saving money tomorrow. (laughs) How many of us have said that? (laughs) Exactly. And if you don't grow up with this mindset of saving, it can be a challenge to start later on in your life. You know, I was lucky. I had parents who really instilled this notion of saving, who really instilled this notion of being independent in me. And investing really allows women to have financial independence, which honestly is 
so important for us as women. It really enables us to have choices in our life that we might not otherwise have and allows us to be more in control of our own future. Mm. Yeah, talk to me more about this term, financial independence. I've often heard it used in the context of, you know, a partner or a spouse, but it's a lot more than that, isn't it? It's definitely more than that. The data shows that as women, we live, on average, five years longer than men. Now, on the one hand, yay, right? (laughs) Go us. On the other hand, it means we really need to think about our retirement and plan for it because we're going to be retired longer. Mm. But the data also shows that on average, we retire with 47% less superannuation than men. 47% less. Wow. It's significant. And when you think about the reasons why it makes sense, women are more likely to work part-time. We're more likely to have jobs that earn below the minimum for super contribution. Mm -hmm. Then I think probably all your listeners are familiar with the notion of the gender pay gap, which is women earning less than men for doing the same job. We also take time off for kids if we have kids. I have two sons. I took time off with both of them. And so during those years, I earned less than I would have otherwise. Mm. And women are more likely to be caregivers for aging parents, right? Mm. Daughters are far more likely to give care than sons. And then there's divorce and separation. Those can also be a challenge. I'm divorced myself. And when that happened, I had to sit down and think about how I was going to prepare for retirement, Um, you know, what I had and what I was going to need to do myself. Mm. And so over time, you can think about there's all these different factors. And probably for any woman, maybe you have one, maybe you have a couple, maybe they've come and gone at different points in your life. But that impact to your retirement and to your super really adds up. And the gap between you and an equivalent man gets wider. Mm. And so I think it's something we all want to look at so that women don't end up in a position of being in poverty during their retirement. I mean, that's something I wouldn't want for any woman. No, and I mean, those figures are staggering, aren't they? You know, on the one hand, it feels like things have really improved for women over the past few decades. But then when you, I mean, you're just saying those numbers then, when you consider that persistent gender pay gap, how much less we're retiring with, and, you know, the rise, as you just said, of older women facing homelessness, I guess it just shows how much work there still is to do. It's scary. Okay, investing, it definitely sounds like it's a way, a very key way to address this disparity. But I know for myself and I know for many of our listeners, it might just seem just that bit too hard or just a bit overwhelming. So I'd love to start by understanding some of the key things that I need to know or think about before starting investing, just to give me the best chance for success. Well, first off, I think I said this before, we need to quit telling ourselves that investing is too difficult for us to handle. Okay, that's out of the vocab. We're going to stop saying that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Shannon's laid it down. If if someone is still out there saying it to yourself, stop. Good, okay. Um, I mean, (laughs) goodness, we all know women who handle far trickier things before lunch, whether they're at home or work. So investing, you got this. It's really just about sticking to some simple basics. And it doesn't matter how old you are or what you earn or what you've already saved. There are four core investing principles that apply to everyone. And 
they fit on a post-it. So <laughs> grab a pen, grab a sticky note, and get ready to jot these down. Okay, I've got my pen ready. I've got it ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so the four key principles of investing success are, number one, goals. Number two, diversification. Number three, cost. And number four, discipline. Okay, there are four. So those are your four. Okay. Okay, tell us more about each of those. (laughs) Right, so goals. Really, this is just what do you want to achieve with your money? And it covers both things you might need and things you might want. So needs, we know what those are. Those are essential things, right? You need a safe place to live. You need to pay bills for your food, electricity, and you need to plan for retirement. Wants are those nice to have. Maybe it's a new car. Maybe it's a great holiday trip. I think when we plot out goals like a nice trip, we set time frames intuitively and we say to ourselves, oh, that's going to be next year or two years from now. But even the notion of me saying to you, well, you're going to need to think about time frames for your goals suddenly sounds more complicated. Mm -hmm. So if I say, well, what are your short-term goals or medium-term goals or long-term goals? It's just applying a time period to something that I think we already do. We just don't put it in those words. And so if we think short term, something one to three years from now could be saving for a trip, could be putting money in an emergency fund. And this type of goal is often kept in cash. That's Mm -hmm. the investment of choice for many short-term goals. And then you think about medium-term goals. So things, say, four to six years from now. Okay. And those might be saving for a house. It's something you don't need immediately. And so that allows you to invest in things other than cash that earn you a better return. And then there's longer term goals. Think seven years and uh, and longer. And for many of us, that might be retirement. Okay. But the reality is that most of us don't have enough extra money, right? We just don't have all of this extra money sitting around that we can tackle all those goals at the exact Mm. same time. So I'd like to think of it as stepping stones, right? Start with one. You might start with building out an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. You might start with planning a trip. And then you're going to move on to your other goals. And, And it's also okay if you don't have it all figured out right from the start. The key is setting up some good habits and then building on that over time. Okay, so sounding to me like a bit of soul searching needs to be done here to establish our goals. <laughs> it is a little bit. I mean, I think as women, we often prioritize other people over ourselves, mm. whether it's our children, our partners, maybe it's our parents or our friends, etc. But when it comes to our own futures and our money, we need to step up and say sometimes, this is what I want. This is what I want for my future. And the sooner we do that, the sooner we start to invest. And then there's this beautiful thing called compounding. And the sooner we start to invest, compounding can work its magic. Yeah. Talk to me about this concept of compounding. Is it Albert (laughs) Einstein calls it the seventh wonder of the world for a reason? (laughs) So that's right. I mean, essentially, it's just where your money is making money for you without you doing anything extra. And who doesn't want that? I mean, I think we all want our money to be making money for us. It's funny, I talk to my boys 
regularly about investing and the power of compounding. And I think for any of the mothers out there, I'm sure they can just imagine how much my children love this when I talk about it. Um, But when I do, I, I ask them, you know, and sort of describe the importance of it is what is the one thing they have right now that is more powerful for their investing future than anything else? And they usually look at me and answer in rhythm of like time. We know mom, it's time. (laughs) But it's true that if you start early and put money in regularly, you will tend to build more wealth than if you try to save up a big amount of money and then start investing. And I think that's sometimes where people think it's a little more complicated. They say they can't really become an investor until they have this big nest egg Mm. full of cash and then they'll become an investor. Well, no, you become an investor just by starting to invest, even if it's small amounts. Well, firstly, how lucky are your boys to have you instilling this into them at such a young age? They might be answering like that now, but I think they'll be thanking you definitely in the years to come. Um, So just recapping, so compounding is where our money makes money. Awesome. Yay. We all love the sound of this. Can you share an example for us of how it actually works? Yeah, so compounding isn't tricky, but it does involve math. And I know not everybody <laughs> loves math. So and if up. that's you out there, don't tune out. <laughs> but say you invest $1,000 mm-hmm. and you earn a 10% return. So you have $1,100 at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. The next year, you're starting with $1,100. And that earns a 10% return. And so at the end of that year, you have And that's without any new money you've added in. Mm. So think of compounding like a snowball rolling down a hill. Over time, without any effort, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Just keeps growing. I like the sound of that. No input from us. (laughs) Okay, so let's recap. So I've thought about my goals. I've been very honest with myself about what I really need versus what I want. So that's those shoes to the side for now. We're making progress. (laughs) Okay, so I'm ready for some more tips. But first, we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after a word from our partner, Vanguard. Vanguard want to help Australians invest with confidence. With over 30 million investors worldwide, their philosophy is simple. Through high-quality, low-cost products, they allow investors to keep more of their returns. With the launch of Vanguard Personal Investor, you can now access a wide range of award-winning products that give you the best chance of investment success. Getting started is easier than you think, with Australian ETFs from $500 brokerage-free. To learn more, visit vanguard.com.au forward slash personal or search Vanguard Personal Investor. Future Women is dedicated to helping women connect, learn and lead. There's a price point to suit all budgets or to talk to your company about corporate training membership to advance your professional development. Head to futurewomen.com. Welcome back to Power Move, where my guest today is Shannon Marta from Vanguard. Now, Shannon, before the break, we spoke about why investing is crucial for women, and we also discussed setting goals. So what else do I need to know or think about before I start investing? So you've already thought about your goals. Mm -hmm. That's first and foremost. 
And now you need to really understand why diversification is important. Essentially, you can think of it as a healthy diet for your investments. So if you think about yourself and eating, you don't just eat one food. You don't just eat lettuce. You don't just eat steak, right? You, you know that a healthy variety is better. And so diversification is really just a healthy variety for your investment. And sometimes people say, don't put your eggs in one, all your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. it's, it's exactly that idea. And it matters because it helps lower the risk or the volatility of your investment. And again, volatility is not necessarily a word everyone uses all the time. It simply means how much your investments might go up or down in value okay. over time. So if you think about investing money in one company versus 100 companies, if you only invest in one company, you can imagine there's lots of risk. If that company fails, it launches a big new product that doesn't go as well as expected, there's a bigger chance that your investment is going to drop in value. But if you invest in 100 companies and that same one company fails, there's not going to be as big of an impact to your investment. Mm, you spread the risk. And I can imagine there are some people out there saying, but I don't have time to invest <laughs> in 100 separate companies. <laughs> And I get it, um, and neither do I. So there are lots of ways to get diversification without all of the work that you might be thinking you have to do. There are off-the-shelf products. They're called index funds, which diversify for you. You buy the funds, and the fund invests in the wide range of companies. They're doing the hard work for you. I like it. <laughs> exactly. And now many supers have diversified options. So take a look. We talked about going back to your super, seeing what your balance is, seeing what you're invested in. Take a look at that. See what you're invested in and then see what else they offer. And most likely, especially if you've been defaulted into a fund, you are probably in something that's diversified. That sounds sensible, especially when I think it's pretty safe to say that we've never lived in a more uncertain time than since COVID-19 struck? It has been a crazy year. Are we finished with 2020 yet? <laughs> Hashtag 2020. What has this been all about? <laughs> you know, when times are crazy, I think all you can do is focus on what you can control. Honestly, the investment things we're talking about here are all things that you can control. So let's talk about the four main types of investments. Okay. There's cash, bonds, real estate, and shares. And each of them have different risk and return. Risk and return generally go together. So if an investment is high risk, it generally has a greater chance of having a higher return. And likewise, lower the risk generally to lower the return. So we all know cash. Mm -hmm. This is actual money, money you might have in a bank. It's low risk, low return, best for short-term goals when you might need money really quickly. And right now, I think if you've looked at your bank account, you see that interest rates on cash are very low. So the returns are very small. Okay. And then there's bonds. So these are often called fixed interest or fixed income. You can think of bonds as a loan, except you're the person loaning the money to a company or a government 
and they're giving you a bond, which is just a promise to repay you with a return. It's similar to a mortgage in a way um, where a bank loans you the money and you pay them back with interest over time. A bond is the reverse. Someone is paying you for borrowing your money. Okay. Now, these are low to medium risk. They're slightly higher risk than cash, but they have a moderate return, so they can be good for short and medium-term goals. Then we've got real estate, which, again, I expect everyone is familiar with. Mm -hmm. I know property ownership is really popular in Australia, and this requires typically a significant deposit up front, Mm. And saving for that kind of deposit can be a challenge. But property can also be a challenge for diversification because you have so much money going into one thing. Mm -hmm. You have lots of eggs going into one basket. (laughs) All your eggs in the basket, gotcha. At least a lot of them, a lot of of those (laughs) eggs. And if you think of real estate, this can be higher risk than cash or bonds, but it often can be higher return too. And so how do you earn a return on real estate? Well, Typically, you're going to hold that investment for a longer time because you'll live in that property or you might choose to rent it out. And so if you think about making a return, it's either through income, if you rent out some or all of your property, Mm -hmm. or the change in the value of that property between the time you bought it and the time you sold it. Yeah, it's interesting learning about property through this lens. It's definitely the biggest investment that many of us will make in our lifetime. And I think being such a big investment, it's easy to feel like you want to put all your eggs in that basket. And I think a lot of people might also feel like it's maybe the most stable or safe too because it's so tangible. You know, you can see it. It's there. Okay, so what's the final asset class? So the final asset class or investment type are shares, Mm -hmm. which are stocks and equities. But if you think about shares, they're really just units of ownership in a company. You buy shares, you own a little tiny piece of that company. And shares are bought and sold on the stock exchange, such as the Australian Securities Exchange. And shares pay you a return in the form of a dividend, which is just a payment for owning some of their shares. Mm -hmm. And over time, you expect the value of the shares themselves to increase as well. Now, share value dividends are not guaranteed. They can fluctuate a lot. And we see this in the news sometimes when markets go up and down. But over the long term, shares typically deliver better returns. So they can be really good for medium and longer term goals. But I know that's a lot, right? (laughs) We've talked about a lot of things. So here's your cheat sheet. Cash and bonds, lower risk lower return. Okay. Real estate and shares, higher risk, higher return. Okay. You start with your goals, then you think about your time frames, and then you think about your investments. And remember, there are already a lot of off-the-shelf investments that have diversified for you. Mm, done the work. So you, you can minimize your risk while still earning really strong returns. Okay. This is good. This is all making sense, Shannon. Thank you. Okay. So goals, then diversification. What's our next consideration? Next, we want to think about cost. Now you can't control the markets, but you can control the cost that you pay. And cost can have a huge impact 
on the future value of your investment. There are always going to be some costs and fees, but every dollar you pay in fees or commissions is one less dollar that is busy compounding for you. Mm. And we like compounding. We right? love we compounding. We want more yeah. money compounding. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that in many other things we purchase, low cost often means low quality, but that is not the case in investing. The fees you pay actually directly impact your returns. And even a small percentage matters. I just, I can't emphasize that enough. Okay. Have you got an example? Can you explain this to us? So imagine that you invest $100,000. You've got $100,000 to invest, which is great. Uh, we would all be lucky. Yeah. And you're comparing two options. Yeah. Provider A charges 1.07% while provider B, say a low-cost provider like Vanguard, has cost of 0.25%. Now, over the years, again, I have talked to many people, many women, and what I will hear from folks is that they will say, those percentages are both so small. Because 1% doesn't seem like a lot. It doesn't sound like much, right? yeah. And so then to say, well, it's even a smaller part of a percentage, well, how different can those really be? But over 30 years, again, time is our friend and mm -hmm. compounding. The difference between provider A and B is $115,000 wow. okay. in return. It's a lot. It's a lot. And so if you think about comparing interest rates on mortgages, which we all do, or maybe interest rates on credit cards, mm -hmm. you want to be just as careful with your investment costs. So you need to shop around, you need to compare providers, you need to read the product documents, you need to read the fine print. Mm, the fine print, it can be tricky getting across all of that. <laughs> what are the key things we should be looking out for when we're reading that fine print? Well, when comparing costs, you wanna look for and review fees like account fees, management fees, brokerage fees, and there could be a range of other fees that providers might charge for, like setting up an account or contributions or withdrawing or even exiting an account. And I will say that if you don't understand something, call and ask them to explain it to you. You won't be the first person to ask. You won't be the last person to ask. So don't feel intimidated or dumb by picking up the phone. If they explain it and you still don't understand it, have them explain it again. That's really good advice. We say that in journalism, the only dumb question is the one that you don't ask. Exactly. So goals, diversification and costs. Then what's the fourth and final thing we need to keep in mind for investing success? The fourth principle is discipline. Really maintaining this long-term focus and being consistent. Now, I think about this like you would build a new habit, mm -hmm. right? How you exercise more or eating healthier. Maybe you have a cheat day here or there, but the key is consistency. And so it's no different for investing. You want to figure out your goals. You want to develop a plan and you want to stick to it. Consistency just works. So don't let day-to-day -day changes in the market scare you. 
I know the market can go up sometimes, it can go down sometimes, and especially when it goes down, it can be all over the news. And, mm-hmm. it, and it can be easy to panic yeah. or feel like, oh my goodness, I need to sell everything. And honestly, that's just the worst thing you could do. But the good news is that women are much less likely to do this than men. When we've looked at our data at Vanguard, women are far more likely to stay the course, to just be consistent Ah, than men are. Hold on, Um, So that's good news. (laughs) That is good to hear. (laughs) And so if you think about, I mean, I, I have an example of all those market ups and downs and where people might panic. If you had say $10,000 invested in Australian shares in 2000. And then we had the global financial crisis in 2008. Mm -hmm. And then we've had all the craziness of COVID-19. If you had just stayed the course, not done anything crazy, your shares would be worth almost $45,000 today, more than four times your initial investment, despite the ups and downs that the market has seen during that time. And so, right, you want to stay the course. And another aspect of discipline is this power of investing regularly. So think of these as like the weekly workouts or the daily workouts. Okay. Regular investing is just continually adding to your investment, even if it's a small amount, regardless of whether the market is up or down. And often people align that to their payday. And you can even automate it to make it easier for you, which is often very appealing to us as women. Say you take $20 or $50 or $100 or whatever might work for you in your budget. And that money comes right out of your paycheck and automatically gets directed to investments according to whatever plan you've set up. I mean, as women, we have got so much on our minds with work, family, home, Mm -hmm. friends, whatever that might be. But there are lots of ways to make investing easier. Likening it back to the daily workout plan, if you can ahead of time log yourself into a class, it's that accountability or it takes that discipline out of your own hands. You're like, right, I've booked in my classes for the week. I need to turn up for those. Same thing if you can sort of plan ahead of time to have it come out of your paycheck, then it's not up to you, something you've got to be thinking about and applying that discipline regularly. Exactly. And it's not forcing you to make that trade-off in the moment every given week, two weeks, whatever, whatever that cycle is. You've already said my retirement is important and this money is going here. Now, this is great, Shannon. These are really, really practical tips that I think many of our listeners will be able to take away here. Can you sort of even explain for us or even give us an example about the impact that this could have over time? Sure. So if you think about this notion of just regularly investing, just being disciplined about doing it consistently. Imagine that you could invest, let's say $250 a month Mm -hmm. in the Australian market. That's $3,000 a year, but you do it consistently for 40 years. Mm -hmm. That's a total of $120,000. After 40 years, assuming you've taken nothing out and compounding has been working for you, you'd end up with about $1.4 million. Wow, okay. And that's not complicated or intimidating. No, it's simple. I don't think. No, it's simple, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) 
And I've had conversations with women who have literally cried when they've realized that they have the ability to someday be a millionaire, something they never thought they could be or would be. And they don't have have to have any crazy skills or amazing knowledge Mm. to do this. They just need to have simple, regular, good habits and follow these sort of practical tools of being in diversified investments and staying the course over the long term. I mean, it all goes back to what I tell my boys, right? It's it's your time in the market, exactly. the years that you have to invest rather than your ability to outsmart the market um, that really matters. Right. Okay. This is really inspiring. And like the quicker you can get going, the quicker your money is in there. Compound is working for you. Compound interest is working for you and it's all building up. So I think if there's ever anything that needs to sort of round this home more for us, it's the idea that the sooner you start, the sooner you're actually in there investing, the longer you have this money working for you. Yeah, exactly. But even if you if you didn't start right away, start tomorrow. It's better than continuing to wait. Start as soon as you can, but if that means that you've missed a few years or a handful of years or a decade, don't wait any longer to get started. Okay, so now we know why we need to be investing and we know those four key principles, goals, diversification, cost and discipline. What else should I be doing to get my finances in order before I start investing? Well, there are just some easy steps that I think every person can take and It sounds simple, but I would say the first one is spend less than you earn. Mm -hmm. Get rid of unnecessary expenses. Get rid of some of those wants. Mm -hmm. Take care of the needs. Secondly, I would say pay off any high interest credit card debt that you may have because you're paying lots of extra money that you don't need to. And then third, I would say build an emergency fund. Ideally, three to six months worth of your typical expenses so that if something happens, the dishwasher breaks, car breaks mm-hmm. down, I don't know, you know, a lot of people lost jobs during COVID, mm-hmm. right? You, you're in this sort of pinch that you don't have to rely on credit cards or other high cost items, right? You have the cash on hand uh, to take care of yourself. And how amazing must that be for your stress just to know you've got that money there? Yep, just in case. Yep. Shannon, we have covered so much and learnt so much (laughs) in this conversation. Thank you so much. It's been so wonderful chatting with you. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And to all your listeners, I would just say, go get it. You can do this. We've got this. Excellent. Shannon, thank you so much for joining me on Power Move. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening. Join me for the next episode of Power Move where I speak with Molly Benjamin about how she went, in her own words, from being not very good with money to founding She's on the Money UK and Ladies Finance Club Australia. She has a wealth of wisdom to share with you, so make sure you download episode two now. Power Move is a future women podcast made in partnership with Vanguard. It's produced by Fancy Films. If you're enjoying this series, we'd love it if you could share it with a friend that needs some motivation to get their finances in order and start investing. And please take a moment to rate and review the podcast because that really helps people to find us. Bye for now.
This podcast contains factual information only and is correct as at 24th of September 2020. Vanguard Investments Australia Limited, ABN 72072881086, AFS Licence 227263. We have not taken anybody's circumstances into account when preparing this podcast, so it may not be applicable to you. You should consider your circumstances and our IDPS guide and product disclosure statements, PDSs, before making any investment decision. You can access our IDPS guide and PDSs at vanguard.com.au or by calling 1300 655 101. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. This podcast was prepared in good faith and we accept no liability for any errors or omissions within.